Hello, everybody. Uh, coming to you live once again from Studio One, aka my parents' house, just in a different room. We're in my bedroom today instead of the back of my mom's office desk. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Sito found out, aka my mom, found out that I was recording on the back of my office, uh, of her office desk, and uh, that led to a lecture for my uh, fellow Indian people. You know what that's about. So, wasn't trying to deal with that today. Hopefully, we could say hashtag bring back Studio Two, and uh, you know, my mom will let us with a much with a little bit of internet pressure and maybe some pressure in those WhatsApp groups. I see you, Indian aunties out there. Come on now. Anyway, anyway, we got a big show to get through today, so let's get started with the personal update of the day, Chengavi Show Episode 3. I feel like the last couple of personal updates have just been, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, the vibes are good, bro. I feel like that's what it's been. Today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit more nuance to take than, Jesus, the last couple uh, personal updates have been. Um, but honestly, I feel draggy today. That's how I feel on this Friday, on this beautiful Friday afternoon outside. I feel like everything's just been dragging on. Um, you know, I feel like we're in summer. We're in kind of the middle of the dog days of summer. It's like not much is going on in sports. Of course, you have the NBA finals, but I mean, I, I haven't really enjoyed that. There's not much going on in, in, in basically all aspects of life. You're just kind of dragging along and uh, waiting till the next quote unquote year to start, I guess. Right. Um, and I, I, I guess we've hit that point in july in mid-july where it's it's straight up dog days but you know we'll see how it all goes um a couple things i've been thinking about the first thing i want to talk to you guys about is the peter pan analogy that i've really been thinking about recently i heard this on the radio the other day uh from a couple people who were talking about it and they were like you know you always have that one friend that never grows up and is always just doing the same shit from when he was like 10 years old and just like having fun with his life and you know but he just isn't growing up he's just stuck in the past and i'm afraid i had thoughts <laughs> when i heard that i was like fuck <laughs> am i that person <laughs> like am i am i the peter pan in all your lives who just never grows up and is just doing his thing and basically just trying to like emulate myself as a 12 year old on the internet for clout like i don't i don't know like i am i one of the lost boys is that where we're at right now um Honestly, no clue, no idea. Uh, it was just a thought that I had, to be honest. Um, but definitely something I have been thinking about is that maybe I'm a lost boy. Maybe I'm Peter Pan. Maybe I just never want to grow up and uh, and that'll come back to bite me in a few years. But I don't think so. I feel like I'm growing up in some instances, I, I, but I feel like there's definitely instances of myself that are, that are not growing up. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to talk to you guys about real quick before we hop into the next topic is podcast guests. So you guys are probably wondering like why the fuck I haven't interviewed anybody in basically about a month now. I think it's about to be a month. <sighs> it's been the biggest stressor of my life. Honestly, like it's been a huge stress. Uh, I'm at 24 episodes. I can't get to fucking 25. No one like, I, I don't want to sound like self-pity and be like, oh, no one's responding to me or my DMs. Uh, but like no one's responding, dude. I literally try hitting up everybody. Like I send out maybe four or five emails a day, DMs, texts. And like at this point, I'm at the point where I'm like about to give up. I'm like, dude, there's literally no one is responding. Like I can't even get a response back. I got a, one from like uh, maybe 200 emails, DMs and texts I sent. So you know, we'll take it for now and we're going to see where that goes. But, uh, 
but yeah, it's been hard. It's been really, really hard. Um, uh, to find podcast guests. I don't know if it's like a summer thing or like people are out doing their own shit now. Like, I don't know what it is, but podcast guests are very hard to come by. If you guys, I'm, and I'm saying this right now, I'm gonna put this out on the air. If, if you guys are semi-interesting or working on any interesting projects or anything at all, or you want to talk about something, hit me up, hit my DMs at Essential Question Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. You can text me, you can do whatever. You just hit me up. And if you're doing something semi-interesting, I'll probably have you on the podcast because uh, I literally have no people right now. So if that's something you want to do, let's do it. Connect. Let's get it. Let's get it going. So that's what I have to say about that. My podcast guests struggle. Um, real quick before we hop into our sports topic for the day, follow me on Instagram at essential question podcast. You can also pitch me why you should be on my podcast if you would like to, or any ideas you may have or any feedback, anything always open. So hit the DMS in Instagram and then on Twitter, I'm essential Q U one. So shameless plug. Uh, and like, and subscribe to the video, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube and then follow me on Spotify, if you're listening to this on Spotify, which I highly doubt because I've had zero plays on Spotify for these last two episodes. So Real popular guy over here. Um, let's transition to the sports topic, which has nothing to do with popularity. But I want to shed some light here on a story that I think has not received the amount of love that maybe it does receive, that maybe it does deserve at this point. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in sports. Last weekend was crazy. It was championship weekend for the Euros and soccer. There was a lot of stuff going on in baseball as they wrap up their first half of the season. It was Wimbledon. It was the Wimbledon finals. NBA finals were getting kicked off. I believe it was game two last weekend. Uh, so a lot of shit was going on, and that's great. Uh, but there's one storyline out of all of this, and I think right now, especially in the dead period of sports, when two of the major leagues in America are wrapping up or wrapped up completely or in the offseason, here's a storyline that I think everybody should follow. Um, and that's it's, it's related to tennis. Uh, my favorite sport, one of my favorite sports, I'll say. Um, so as I was mentioning earlier, the Wimbledon finals wrapped up last week. Novak Djokovic just won in four sets in the final. Um, and I wanted to say this about this best story in sports that nobody is talking about right now in the sport of men's tennis in men's tennis right now in men's tennis, I'm making that very clear. There is a three way tie in the grand slam count. For those of you that don't know what a Grand Slam is, a Grand Slam is a major tournament, which is basically like the tournaments that are used to uh, define how good you are because they are the tournaments with the best of the best competition. It's the best players in the world all compete on one surface. And uh, if you win that tournament, you are basically considered to be the best on that surface for the year. Is basically how I describe a Grand Slam event. And they're the biggest tournaments on all of tennis. There's four of them every year. So there's the Australian Open, which takes place at the beginning of the year in Australia. There's the French Open, which takes place in May, early June in France. And that's played on a clay court. The tournament in Australia is played on a hard court, but it's a different hard court. Um, and then there's the third tournament of the year, which is Wimbledon, which is usually played in beginning of July to mid-July and is considered to be the pinnacle of the sport. It's been going on, I believe, since 1850. A lot of history at that event. It's probably older than all the American sports combined. Uh, and a lot of tradition at that event, and that's played on a grass court. And the U.S. Open is the last event of the year, which is coming up, and that's usually played at the end of August, early September. And that is played on a hard court, but a hard court that's different from the one that they use in Australia. Four events 
uh, all played on pretty different surfaces and basically used to measure who's the best tennis player. Because if you win these events, you're considered to be the best tennis player on that surface for that particular year. And right now in men's tennis, there are three players, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and Novak Djokovic, who have all won 20 Grand Slam titles. So each of them owns 20 Grand Slam titles, which is unheard of in the sport of tennis. Uh, before these three even came on the scene, there was a guy by the name of Pete Sampras in the 1990s who was winning a lot of tournaments, and he won a total of 14 Grand Slams, which at the time was unheard of. And he was the undisputed greatest tennis player of all time. But then came these three who basically for the last, I'd say, 15 or so years have dominated the tennis circuit and have basically between the three of them won 60 major tournaments over the last 15 or 16 years, which is incredible. Uh, and it's a, basically a three-way race to see who the greatest tennis player of all time is. This has been unheard of in any sport. I mean, imagine if in football you had Montana, Brady, and Young all playing at the same, or not even Steve Young. He's not the GOAT conversation. But like Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, and uh, Tom Brady playing at the same time. And they were all just winning championships year after year after year. And they were each competing to see who the greatest player of all time was. That is what is going on in tennis right now. Uh, that it, it is literally at the point where there are three of the greatest players of all time are competing against one another in these tennis tournaments to see who could potentially be the greatest tennis men's tennis player of all time. It's pretty crazy. And Essentially, Novak Djokovic just won Wimbledon, so he was at 19. He just tied Federer and Nadal, who were both at 20, uh, and he won Wimbledon this year, so he's at 20, and same with the other two. And now they're all headed to New York at the end of August, projectedly head to, headed to New York, barring any major injury and stuff, but they'll all be in New York, and they'll all be competing to see who can win number 21. But on top of these three, there's also the whole rest of the draw that's hungry at a chance to win a major title in an era where it's been extremely rare to win a major title. So a lot going on. That tournament is at the end of August and tennis really deserves some love right now because we're in the midst of one of the greatest storylines that you'll probably ever see in any sport when you have three of the greatest players of all time competing against one another. So I thought tennis deserves some love, which is why that was my topic for today. Uh, the storyline that no one is talking about, which is three of the best tennis players of all time are competing against one another. Who is going to be the greatest player of all time at the end of this year? We will see. Good luck to all three of them. I'm excited as a fan. I think it's incredible and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So hopefully I convinced you guys to tune in. Hopefully that was enough intrigue or whatever uh, that you guys are looking for. But speaking of the amazing storyline that uh, everyone is looking for and all the glitz and the glam and the fashion of that. We're going to transition to popular culture, uh, pop culture, as the kids call it. Uh, and our first topic in the pop culture category, I've been thinking a lot about this and I've had a lot of theories about this particular topic. Um, and that's, is there a particular formula to get famous? Uh, I know it sounds really cloudy and clickbaity and stuff like that. And I, I haven't been thinking about if I want to be famous or any of that. Like that'll come if it comes, whatever. But there's a back door to fame is what I've realized. And let me explain what I'm saying. So I had a guy by the name of Saro Acharya, who's one of my good friends on the podcast uh, back in December. And he told me, basically, he was saying that in the old days in Hollywood, 
And I'm talking specifically from Hollywood because there are multiple avenues to fame. Let me start like this. There are multiple avenues to fame. You could be a famous athlete, right? Like back here, you have the Niners. You could be a Niners, a great 49er player. You could be a great warrior player like Steph Curry or great 49ers player like Joe Montana. And suddenly you are known globally. Athletes, you use the NBA's brand to leverage your fame. That happens. That has happened. You could be a rapper like Drake, right? You could be a world famous artist that leverages his fame. And all of a sudden you're a household name because your music is literally being played in every country and continent across the world. Or you could be an actor or an actress or a content creator, which is, you know, those, those three, I think, <laughs> evolved themselves in the same uh, category. In terms of being an actor and an actress, before, you know, before this whole age of social media that we live in now, the only path to becoming an actor and an actress was basically being handpicked by Hollywood producers who picked whoever they thought would fit their roles the best. And it was through that old school studio system. You had to play the game to get into the production. And it was a very rare thing to do. It wasn't easy. And now we live in a society where fame isn't dictated by some Hollywood executive. It's dictated by the people themselves because we consume the internet and we decide what's popping and what's not. See, that's the main difference between uh, then and now is that then there were people who controlled the culture. Now it's the people that control the culture. And it's the it's the individual consumers that control the culture versus the brands that control the culture or versus the uh, the people, sorry, the executives that control the culture. And now there's a for there's not a formula to fame so to speak. That formula has developed a backdoor. The formula to fame used to be, okay, I'm going to get in good with this producer and I'm going to, you know, kiss their ass so I can get into this big budget Hollywood film, get exposure so that I can use that exposure from that big budget film to do projects that I want. Hence plot of entourage. Just watch it. But now with social media, it's holy shit. Charlie D'Amelio is getting 50 million followers or Charlie D'Amelio has 100 million followers on TikTok. He can she can use that to leverage herself a backdoor opportunity into Hollywood and literally do whatever the fuck she wants with her followers because she has so much clout, because the younger generation is after D'Amelio. Because she has the name Charlie D'Amelio, all of a sudden she can act in movies, she can produce music, she can do whatever she wants in the creative world. She's used that following that she has on social media to leverage it into bigger projects. And that, I think, is this new backdoor theory that is happening within Hollywood. You look at all the famous people in Hollywood right now, like who do we look up or not, not look up to? I don't necessarily look up to all of these people, but like, who are the people that are hot shit in Hollywood right now? It's Jake Paul. It's Logan Paul. It's, uh, you know, Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray, Bryce Hall. It's the fucking famous. It's, it's fucking YouTubers and TikTokers. Those are who are popping off right now because they are able to use their followers and their subscribers on YouTube and their followers on Twitter or whatever the fuck and leverage that into becoming a brand and doing whatever they want to do. I mean, look at Logan and Jake now. Logan has his great, has his impulsive podcast, which is great, by the way. And he has this boxing career that he's after. And you look at Charlie D'Amelio. And what is she doing? She's signing brand deals left and right. She's writing children's books. She's doing... uh She's doing TikTok. Sure, she still makes content on her OG platform, but I think she's going to expand eventually. I think you're going to see her on shows and TV eventually in the future. Who knows if she wants to turn it into an acting career? Who knows? But she can do whatever she wants. That's the point. 
there's a formula to fame, ladies and gentlemen. And the the formula to fame, like I repeated before, used to be through the studio system, used to be through kissing ass and working your way up through the system. But now you can make your own way in this digital world that we live in. And that's the coolest part is that we control the system. So that was just something I was thinking about. I know it was a little rant um, in terms of the formula to fame, but I think that it's changing. And I think that we're going to really start to see this, uh, who becomes uh, famous and who becomes an actor and who becomes an actress and who are the most famous people in Hollywood now. And that's going to change. And I think we're shifting more to short form content rather than this long form movie and TV show content. So again, it's all an evolution and it's going to be really interesting to see where we end up in 20 years, maybe. Um, Speaking of someone who's been able to leverage their followers into a crazy collab, let's talk about our second pop culture topic of the day. Jalame Beam Baby. For those of you that don't know, the song of the summer just dropped um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, well, the song dropped in January, but this the collab of the summer dropped a mere two weeks ago. And it was with my boy. Not my boy. I don't actually know who he is, but shout out Tesher. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Tesher because he, this man deserves some love. Um, Tesher, for those of you that don't know, is a Canadian, Indian-Canadian uh, artist who made a couple of songs that really did well on TikTok. I think he was able to build an audience through brown people. Uh, he had this first song that released during quarantine called Young Shahrukh, uh, which was based off Shah Rukh Khan, the Bollywood actor. And it did really, really well. People loved it. And... It was it was done really really well. Uh, I really liked it. He basically sampled some of the old Bollywood songs like from Cubby Cushy Cubby Gum and stuff like that, and and made his own rap to it. He did really good. A lot of people loved it. Then he released his second song called Jalebi, which was super fun. And he and that song essentially went viral on TikTok. It became a big sound. Everyone was using it, right? Like, baby, let me hear Jalebi, babe. Right, like that that sound became popular on TikTok. And Tesher made a TikTok account and he started gaining a bunch of followers because people really liked this song. And he developed a platform that was big enough on TikTok and the song was popular enough to the point where he was basically able to uh, get in touch. I don't know how, the details, but get in touch with Jason Derulo, who is, those of you that know, one of the biggest pop stars in the world, and basically make a remix of Jalebi Baby with Jason Derulo. And that's super cool, okay, for so many reasons. First of all, it's Bollywood Hollywood. Jalebi Baby is actually a Punjabi song. So the original song is like Punjabi. Most of the words that are spoken in the song are Punjabi. And what's cool about that is that it cracked the mainstream because of TikTok. And then Tesher was able to like leverage his following and his kind of quote-unquote clout on TikTok to collaborate with Jason Derulo, who is, you know, world-famous pop star, uh, everybody in the fucking world knows who he is, uh, and who also has 40 million followers on TikTok, by the way. Like, Jalebi Baby is sick. And they basically, so they released the remix, I'd say a couple, actually the remix was released a couple months ago. Super good. It was just really catchy. It's a it's a fun song, very upbeat. Uh, it was just cool to see like Jason Derulo singing Jalebi with his various melodies. And uh, Jason Derulo is a very talented vocal artist, so I'm always, always going to respect that about him um but they released the music video literally i think this week i think tuesday or wednesday of this week and uh it was awesome 
It was awesome. I love the music video and I love it for a couple of reasons. I think number one is that the South Asian aspect of it wasn't rammed down your throat. It wasn't like, oh, we are South Asian. Like uh, this is a South Asian song and I'm going to ram it down your throat that it's a South Asian song. Nah, man. Like, and, and Jalebi like, I mean, yeah, they were the star of the show. Of course they had to be. It's t- the song is called Jalebi, um, which is an Indian suite, by the way, for those of you that don't know. And they were the star of the show, but I feel like the way that the thing was done, uh, the music video was filmed, was it was very subtle. It was very, uh, it, it was just uh, Tesher and Jason Derulo. The plot of it was basically Ch- Tesher and Jason Derulo were trying to chase this really pretty girl, uh, and they were trying to impress her with who basically cooked the best jalebi. Um, and so that was, I thought it was done super well. Go check it out if you haven't. I'll link it down below. The music video is great. Uh, but it was very like subtle inclinations at South Asian culture. Like it wasn't like, oh, like this is super South Asian, you know, it like, of course the Jalebis, like I said, were the star of the show, but there was little things with the costumes. Like Jason Derulo, I don't think was wearing Indian clothes. I mean, he, I think he was wearing it in one scene, but Tesher was wearing like a Kurta and the dancers were dressed in like midriffs and like, you know, their skirts and whatnot. And it was just, it was a very like well done, I think hybrid between the two cultures, um, and then the highlight that everyone wants to talk about is the fire bungra that took place, uh, probably about midway through the music video where basically Jason Derulo and Tesher just start doing bungra in the middle of the song. And that's sick. That is the type of representation. I think we want to see uh, more positive representation. I get it's a music video, you know, it's short. It was like three minutes. Um, and it's super cool. Like it was, it was just really, really cool to be able to see, uh, a mainstream pop star like Jason Derulo, who like an Indian kid from the suburbs wouldn't even dream, like would know like what Indian culture is to just like break out into Bhangra in the middle of the music video. And they were just having fun. It was a, it was a positive, positive vibe. Um, really upbeat song, uh, song of the summer for sure. If you guys haven't listened to it, definitely go listen to Jalebi baby. Um, was super fun. Uh, and I highly, highly recommend, uh, watching the music video if you haven't, it's, it's a great example for representation. And I just want to give my congratulations to Tesher. Uh, you did really, really good, man. Uh, I think, and this is also in music, which like South Asians have not cracked Hollywood music yet. You know, like that's not our field necessarily. Uh, Tesher is definitely one of the first besides of course, Zayn Malik. We have to shout out our man, Zayn and Gigi Hadid, but mostly Zayn, um, you know, Zane was obviously the first kind of South Asian to really crack music. Uh, and maybe Tesher is going to be that guy who cracks that Bollywood Hollywood uh, mixture. Um, so really excited to see where it goes. Congratulations, Tesher. You've done awesome, awesome work. And to Derulo too, you killed it. It was a fun song. A lot of fun in that music video. Go check it out uh, if you haven't already. So a lot of positivity and I'm not going to get negative until I'd say probably the end. So see, I'm doing good so far and we're going to hit our music topic for the day. I know I've been really shitting on artists the last, uh, the last couple weeks with, uh, the Adam Levine thing. And then, uh, logic last week. Um, but this week I am shouting out people because I feel like I haven't been doing that recently. Uh, and I want to keep it positive. I want to keep it nice and fresh and positive and hope that people are, you know, uh, and shout out the people that I'm really enjoying right now. So 
This segment's going to be called Anuja's Undiscovered Artists because, I mean, there's a couple of them that are, you know, are one in here in particular that I think a lot of people do know. Um, but there's a couple in here that I really like. Uh, first of all, just want to give a big shout out to the artists that I interviewed on the podcast, 408 Como, my brother, and uh, Kid Kuza. You guys are both great. You know I love both of you, uh, both your music. And uh, both your guys' music catalogs are great. So I'm excited uh, to see what you guys release in the future. But, but we got to shout out our undiscovered artists here on this segment. Uh, so there's three in particular that I want to talk about today. Uh, the first one I found on TikTok, actually, a couple, like four days ago, I think. I was just scrolling through TikTok late at night, and I found this little 17-year-old Indian boy from uh, Ontario, Canada, by the name of Undefined. And this guy's really, really good. Um, watched a couple of his TikToks. He seems like a really authentic, well-grounded kid. Um, just like very nice. And like, he was just like, basically like, oh, if you don't like my music, like just, uh, I'm sorry. And like, you know, don't hate on me type shit. And I was like, dude, I like you. Like you're, you're still 17, you know, like you're trying to figure it out and, and I respect it. And so I decided to give him a listen and I was just like, you know, not really expecting what to hear. And he dropped his, uh, recently he dropped a song called stay, which was absolutely amazing. It was a great song. 100% recommend if you go listen to it. Uh, it's very heavy Juice World influence. You can kind of tell uh, by a lot of his music, very heavy Juice World influence. Juice World isn't really my favorite artist in the whole world, but I really like the way this kid is trending. Uh, he can sing a little bit. He can rap. He has kind of, uh, he's got like 10 songs or something on Spotify. I haven't listened to all 10. I've listened to a couple. The ones I really like are uh, um, Stay, which is his recent single, and then uh, Feel Fine. Uh, I just really like the uh, the vibe. It's a very positive. It's it's like a a more upbeat vibe. Uh, uses a lot of that like classic Juice World guitar on the beats. The beats are really fun, uh, and he's a good singer. He, I think he's a good cross between like a, a a like a mumble rapper and kind of just like a normal rapper. Um, if that made any sense. But I think he's a lot of fun. Uh, he he's got a good voice. He's really talented and he's only 17. So I think he can only grow from here. And I think he's got a big future ahead of him. So I really like this kid undefined. Go follow him on TikTok. Uh, his, I'll uh, write down his name. It's like, un, it's it's undefined, but it's spelt with an X. So go, go definitely check him out. Uh, and you can just search him up on TikTok. He'll show up. He's really cool. Uh, my second artist I want to talk about is a guy I found like a few years ago that me and my brother found. Um, it's this guy. He's from... Uh, He's from Texas, I want to say. And his name is Aria. It's spelled A-R-I-E-A. -E and he has a he has a couple songs. So basically the way we found him was Logic did this uh did, did this kind of documentary of sorts where he basically made a song with all all his fans and they were able to submit like instrumentals and vocals and stuff. And this guy Aria was like the uh the featured rapper on that song. And uh they basically found him and he submitted an audition tape and he was really, really good. I really and I I liked him on that documentary. And so I got to watch him or not watch him, but I got to listen to him, um, uh, listen to his songs. I just entered his name into Spotify and I really like, uh, he dropped an EP back in 2018, which is about four years ago now, which is insane called, uh, keep dreaming. I really liked a lot of the songs on that. He's very much reminds me of like a young logic. He can really rap hard on beats. He, he has a lot of edge to him. Um, a lot of bars, but he recently dropped some music, which I really just think deserves a shout out. Um, Endicott Drive, the script, uh, two of the songs I really liked off his recent project. I don't know the name of the project, but Endicott Drive and the script. 
Uh, those two songs go really, really hard. They're a lot of fun. It's a different sort of tone than I've been used to hearing from him, but I appreciate the experimentation and styles, and I actually think he did a really good job. Uh, the beats are, of course, great. I think he works with his producer, the Carter Sue, who's awesome as well. Uh, the beats are great. He's really good. Definitely go check him out. Aria, A-R-I-E-A. And then the third artist who really isn't undiscovered, uh, but he is very, very good. And I don't think he has enough clout, so to speak, uh, is Miles Parrish. Uh, this guy's from the Bay Area. He's literally from Dublin, California, which is about 35 or 45 minutes from where I grew up. Uh, he's really very talented. He makes a lot of like Bay Area style hyphy music for those of you that are familiar. He also makes a lot of different other stuff. He does do a little bit. He does have some slower songs too. Um, but he's been recently really experimenting with this genre of country rap, which is kind of like this mix of like using country guitar, country style guitars and, uh, you know, just kind of slower beats and putting them over like uh uh putting like country samples over drums and kind of hybridizing both the styles and i think he's done a pretty like admirable job with it it's not personally a genre that's my favorite so to speak uh but i do enjoy his experimentation and i, I think he can really the kid can really rap he's very very talented um and even his hyphy, his hyphy stuff is absolutely awesome. He's got the song White Tea, which goes, which could go hard at like any party. I think everyone should play it. Uh, go to the song Go. Uh, that's another one of my favorites. Hypnotic is another really good one. And then off his recent project, he's got a song called 680 South, which yes, is based off the freeway here in the Bay Area. And uh, there's one more, but I can't remember it off the top of my head, but those three definitely go check out those three songs for sure. And yes, Miles Parrish is uh, one of the good ones out there right now. So definitely go check them out. We got two more topics to get through. So let's do this quickly. Uh, the transitioning from all this positivity that I've been preaching the last uh, 10, 15 minutes. Fortunately for our news topic, as is the news these days, some negativity. So I want to I want to shed some light on this story. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, this week was a huge week in sports. You had the Euros, you had the NBA Finals, you had Wimbledon. There was a lot of shit going on. And unfortunately, you know, I love sports and I think sports can bring together so many people and so many things. But unfortunately, this is a story of how sports can really divide communities as well. Um, Marcus Rashford in the Euros. So basically what happened here was obviously as, uh, not obviously, but like, if you guys didn't know, England lost the Euros uh, on Sunday to Italy uh, in penalties. And there were three players that missed uh, penalty kicks. And three of those players happened to be black. Their names are, I have them right here. I think it's important we we talk about all of them. Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, and Bukayo Saka. Uh, three, both, all three of these players are play for the English national team. And they all missed their penalty kicks, unfortunately, in... Uh, uh, during the latter stages of the game. And unfortunately, they're being racistly attacked online and in DMs. And uh, it's even gone as far as to defacing murals of these uh, that are painted of these guys in various communities and basically writing racial slurs on those murals, amongst other things. Uh, and I just want to talk about how this is just completely inappropriate. I mean, this is absolutely fucking ridiculous that we're still at the stage where we have to worry about black players being attacked after a loss. Like, really? Really? Like, it's like, it's like, leave 
this has always been my thing with sports is like, I get it. I get angry sports fans because I am one at times, right? I get mad. I get pissed, but leave the personal lives out of it. When it comes to the game, just talk about the game. Don't talk about the lives. You could say Marcus Rashford's a fucking horrible soccer player. I don't care. That doesn't bother me. May bother him. I don't know, but you can't be like, you can't just, you can't use racial slurs when it comes to these guys. And it's, it's just completely inappropriate. I mean, I mean, it's, I'm at a loss of words because at the same time, like I, yeah, like I, I get where these, like these sports fans in the heat of the moment are just pissed, but that gives you no right to like deface a mural or post the shit that you've said online or DM these players, horrible things. Like, no, that's awful. And 100% just horrible actions. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Marcus Rashford real quick. He, Marcus Rashford had actually been responsible in England to direct a movement to reverse the ending. Uh, so they were going to end the free lunch program in England, but he worked, he directed a movement to basically reverse that and he was successful. And this was all during COVID. So he's actually a guy who's doing work, really good work in the communities to protect people and to help people. And this is the way you treat him, England. Like that's fucking pathetic. I mean, my main takeaway from this whole situation is that is the United is is you is the UK more behind in the race conversation than America? Or are we all just collectively behind? That's the question I'm left with. And honestly, I don't have an answer. Like, here's my answer: is that I think we're all collectively behind. I think this is just a a first world country thing where we're like, what the fuck, eh, you know? What is like, we're just trying to like, you just have to keep going back to your roots. And the fact is America was built off slavery and the United Kingdom was also had also had the slave trade for a very long time, probably uh, arguably just as long, if not longer than the United States, maybe earlier because they did legalize slavery, slavery earlier than the United States. But it was present for a longer period of time. And the racism in England is really, really, really present. Uh, and it's been present for a lot of different minorities in England. Uh, as we've seen in the last uh, few years or so. Um, but that being said, this is an awful, that's an, you know, it's an awful piece of news to talk about. But I mean, I would just like to say that I hope that there's a bright side to events like these and that it can start conversations and that it can maybe go away. You know, I, 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 Obviously, that's a very naive point of view to have because I feel like these are issues that are going to continue to be present within our society and all of this stuff. So, um, you know, I all I can say is I just hope we just continue to educate ourselves. We continue to, uh, you know, realize that what we're doing is impacting people everywhere and we can, you know, move on from this with a greater understanding. And the thing I want to say real quick before I get into my last topic real fast is sports is supposed to be a unifier. There are very few unifiers in this world and sports is one of those things, which is why I advocate for it so much because it brings people together. It doesn't matter what place, what ra what class, what race, what color, what creed you are. It's a sport and it's a game where we can all play together. And when you enter, when you hit the field, everybody is equalized you everyone has the same access to the same resources and it's just about playing the game and that's what's beautiful about sports um and unfortunately in this instance uh sports wasn't equally treating its athletes well and the fans were not treating their athletes well so that sucks to hear but gonna kick you back to some more positivity for the last topic of the day the miscellaneous topic i thought i figured i'd do something a little more fun a little more personal this week uh so i talk about my bucket list um, 
there's a lot of things on my bucket list, to be honest. Uh, you know, I think when it comes to a bucket list, you have to, uh, keep in mind that there is, you know, uh, personal goals, that there's travel goals, that there's places you want to be, people you want to meet, things you want to see a lot of different shit. Right. And I think that's important, uh, to keep in mind when we talk about this, but I'm just going to go through really quickly some of the stuff on my bucket list. Cause I thought it would be fun. And I had never really made a bucket list before. I feel like a lot of times it's used as a euphemism in speech and people don't actually have one. So here's mine. And I'm just going to go through this real quick. As we talked about earlier, the four grand slams, my goal is to visit all of them potentially and uh, watch matches at all four. That would be ideal. So far, I've only been to one, which is Wimbledon. Uh, and that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I still remember it, remember it to this day and will probably always remember it. Uh, it's the Mecca of tennis. It's the equivalent to MSG and it was awesome. And I hope to go to all three and the three other ones that I haven't been to. Uh, I've always wanted to travel to Australia for some reason. I think the Outback and the, uh, uh, the Great Barrier Reef are awesome. That's just always been on my bucket list to like go and see the nature of Australia. I feel like it's such a foreign land and we don't really talk about it much. So yeah, uh, I would always, I would love to go to the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals with my team playing. That's always been a goal of mine. Unfortunately, the tickets are super expensive, and the Super Bowl is all over the country, so I haven't really been able to do that. But I will one day, and I hope to see my Niners win live in the Super Bowl. That would be amazing. Uh, I want to see my Niners play at Lambeau, Lambeau Field in Green Bay, which is basically known as like the mecca of football. Uh, a lot of history, a lot of tradition. would love to go to Lambeau and watch my Niners play a game there. Uh, would love to see the Warriors play at Madison Square Garden. Again, just iconic sports venues and see my teams play in those iconic sports venues would be awesome. Really always wanted to visit South Africa. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in South Africa. Um, safaris and uh, all sorts of cool shit. So I would love to go there. Um, skydiving. I've always wanted to. I'm going to have to work my way up to these adventures. You know, I don't think I'm going to be able to skydive right out the gate, but maybe eventually one day I'll be able to work my way into skydiving and uh, jumping out of a plane. Uh, that's going to be really fucking scary. I'm getting scared thinking about it. And the last thing I wanted to do is when I eventually get some money in the bank account, uh, whether it be from this or whatever it is. And I, uh, you know, I have, I have a good amount of money. Uh, I would love to do base camp. I'd love to go to Mount Everest base camp and I'd love to take my dad because my dad has been talking about doing base camp for like 20 years, you know, 20, 25 years. And, and, uh, he's always wanted to go. Um, we just never have had the time, but I hope that I'm able to take him to base camp one day and uh, we both can hike up to base camp together because it's supposed to be an absolutely gorgeous hike. And he's been obsessed with Mount Everest uh, for a really, really long time. So I'd love to take him uh, to Mount Everest base camp. And with that, those are the things on my bucket list. And the show is over 38 minutes and 59 seconds. Your boy don't got to do pushups this week. So got to do the pushups from the last show, though. I'll record those, put them up on the IG live soon. Um, but that's all I got for you guys on the show today. I really, really hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed some of the topics you talked about. What are your thoughts? Comment down below. Going to be posting the clips of all the stuff later. So go and check those out when the highlights come out. Um, been a lot of fun making this show. I have truly appreciated it. Uh, hopefully we can get some podcast interviews on too soon. That would be a lot of fun. This show has been absolutely a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to episode three. Like and subscribe to the video. Follow me on Spotify. Follow me on the socials. You guys know the deal. Uh, and that's all I'm going to leave you with. So hope you guys enjoyed it and have a great rest of your day. All right. Peace.